My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. In Christ alone, strong in Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all. Darkness seems to hide His face. I rest on His unchanging grace. Every high and stormy gale My anchor holds within the veil In Christ alone Cornerstone Weak made strong In Savior's love Through the storm shall come with trumpet sound oh may I then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone faultless to stand before the throne sing with us Christ alone strong and save his love through the storm he is Lord Lord of all he 
Hey, you guys grab a seat and let's, uh, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that, that you have given us your son Jesus. And, and Jesus is the cornerstone that you want us to, to build our lives on. He's the cornerstone that, that wants to hold everything together. And God, I know that there are people maybe in the room today, a lot of people here. God, they just feel like everything is falling apart. They feel like there is nothing holding it together. And Father, what they might not know it, but what they need more than anything is, is for you to come into their life and to radically change everything. Father, I thank you for, for what we've heard and seen this morning, that Jesus, you can take our lives and, and, and put them back together in a way that's glorious, in a way that's unseen from our vantage point. Father, I thank you that you are with us. I thank you that you're right here in the room. And God, I thank you that you're going to do great things right here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, hey, it's good to see everybody. Today, if you've got a Bible, you can go ahead and open up your Bible to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Matthew 11, verse 28 is, uh, is where we're going to be at in just, in just a moment. If you don't have a Bible at all, uh, we have free Bibles there in the back. You're always welcome to take one of those. Uh, but if you don't have one here today, maybe you don't have one on your phone. If you do, you can go ahead and turn it on your mobile device or whatever, Matthew eleven twenty eight. But the words will be up on the screen uh, behind me uh, in just a moment. But, uh, but before we get there, before we jump in uh, to that today, uh, I, I need to ask a question and I need some audience participation. So it's going to require, maybe you don't know a lot of people here today, there's quite a few people, um, but it's going to require some audience uh, participation. I'm going to ask you to answer a question, you just answer it by raising your hand or or whatever. Um, how many people here, anybody here in the room, you, you'd be honest enough to admit by raising your hand uh, that you do crazy stuff in your sleep? Anybody in the room do crazy things in your sleep? Thank you for your honesty. Hands are going up all over the room. Hallelujah. Praise God. Right? All right. So hands are going up. All, just crazy, crazy stuff in your sleep. Thank you for admitting that. How, uh, are, there, are there any people that you, let's get a little deeper, let's get a little bit more real. Uh, anybody in the room, you'd be honest enough to admit you talk in your sleep. Any sleep talkers in the room? Any sleep talkers? All right, hands are going up. You need to know that for the rest of us, you freak us out. Uh, we, we, we've all had a meeting and we're convinced you need to be examined, okay? Because right, right, I mean, there is nothing, there is nothing freakier than somebody talking in their sleep, is there not? Right? Maybe your spouse does it, you're sitting there, you're asleep, and then all of a sudden next to you, you hear, <laughs> right? You roll over and, what are you doing? What is going on, right? What about this? Uh, any, any sleepwalkers here today? Any sleepwalkers? There you go. There you go. Oh, here, here we go. Let's take it to another level. Does anybody sleepwalk and eat? Sleepwalk to go eat. Anybody do that? that? That happens, right? I know, I've known some people that have done that right there. They're sleepwalking, and they just go, and they just finish off a whole jar of peanut butter, and they woke up. Somebody broke in to steal the peanut butter, you know? Uh, what, what about, the, what about, what about any, anybody, um, anybody hallucinate when they get tired? Anybody start freaking out a little bit, start getting a little crazy when you get, when you get a little tired, right? Yep, yep. So that happens. That happens a lot. Um, well, well, here's what we're asking, though. We're, we're in the, uh, we're right today, we're in the middle of a series called Awakening. And if you, if you go and you, you look up the word awakening in a dictionary, you'll see that the word awakening, it means to suddenly become awake. It means to, to suddenly, maybe you were asleep to something that you didn't know, you, 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 that you were unaware of something that you should have been aware of. And the word awakening means to suddenly become aware means to suddenly 
become awake. But I bet in a crowd this size, I bet with, a, I bet with enough people here today as we have here, I bet there are people in the room who are tired. Not, not physically tired. I'm not talking about that. Now, you may be physically tired or whatever, but, but I'm, talking, I'm talking about another kind of tired. I bet there are people in the room and you're emotionally tired. Your, your family or maybe you, you, you're going through the hardest thing that you've ever went through and you just feel spent over it. You just feel exhausted over what it's doing to you emotionally. And so you've walked into the room today and you're tired. I bet there are people in the room today and, and you look good on the outside. You look good. You look like you've got it all together. Everybody thinks that you've got it all together, but really, you're tired of faking it. You're tired of faking that you have it all together because inside you know that it's like everything is, is falling apart. You're, 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 you're tired maybe spiritually. You're here and, and you don't have a church background maybe. You're not a Christian. You, you, maybe you wouldn't put some, some God language on it, but just deep down there's something inside of you that is saying there has to be more. And you're, you're looking and you're looking and you're searching and you're searching and you're not finding what you're searching for and you've come into the room today and you're tired. I bet there's a lot of tired people in the room right now. Well, what I want to do today, I want to look at something really simple but profound. This is a game changer, what Jesus is going to say to us today. But I want to look at something that's really simple, really straightforward that Jesus says to us today because Jesus has a message for all the tired people in the room. Jesus has something really quick and it's short and it's sweet and it's to the point, but it's got the power to revolutionize your life for every tired person in the room. And, 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 if, and if you're here and if you, you've never been to church, you've, maybe you don't even know the Bible at all, odds are you know what we're about to read. You're a little bit familiar with what we're about to read because this is kind of a popular saying. You maybe have seen it on a T-shirt, coffee mug, that sort of thing. But Matthew eleven twenty eight, really short verse, so we'll probably read it two times because it's so short we could read it and you could miss it, all right? So Matthew eleven twenty eight is where we're going to be. And it's, there it is up on the screen behind me. This is Jesus, and Jesus just simply says this. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, Jesus is talking here, the context of what's happening Jesus is, is preaching, and there's a big crowd listening to him. Probably a crowd about this size, maybe even a little bit bigger. There's a big crowd listening to Jesus. There's a big crowd hearing Jesus talk. And Jesus looks at this crowd, and just like today, there's a lot of you that I don't know. There's a lot of uh, first-time guests here today, a lot of you I've never seen before. Jesus looks at, out into a crowd, and maybe he's never had a conversation with most of the people that are listening. But he addresses what he says to all of them. He doesn't say... Some of you are weary and heavy laden. He doesn't say, there's a few people here today with some burdens and you're tired. Jesus says, all. Come to me, all who are weary, who are tired, who are burdened, who are overwhelmed, who are stressed out. He addresses this to everybody that was listening to him there that day, and he addresses it to everybody that's here right now. He says, come to me, all. Everybody. 
And the reason that these people specifically that Jesus is talking to, the reason they're tired is because they were, we've already sort of mentioned this, they're searching for something. They're trying to find something that they can build their life on that'll give them hope, that'll give them security, that'll give them a refuge. They're trying to find something that'll save them. And they're just searching and searching and searching, and they're not finding it. They're trying to find something to build their lives on. And they're really tired. And see, I don't, I don't know where you're at. You, you might be here, and you're not a Christian. You might be here, you're, uh, you're an atheist. You don't believe in God, or somebody invited you. You came with somebody, and they said, hey, let's go to Walmart. And all of a sudden, you're in church, and you're really angry, and Jesus will help you. Um, but uh, I, don't know, I don't know what got you here today. I don't know where you're at spiritually, but I think that we would all probably agree that everybody searches for that kind of thing, don't they? Everybody searches for something like that. Everybody searches for something that will give their life meaning. Everybody tries to find something. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 8 or you're 80. Everybody tries to find something that will give their life purpose, that will give their life hope. Everybody tries to find something that they can build their life on. And see, the reason that we all are searching for that is because the Bible says that God made you and me. God made us to know Him. God made us to have a relationship with Him. So the thing that, that we're supposed to build our lives on is God. The thing that we're supposed to find our hope and security in is, is God. But something's happened. Something's happened. Uh, the Bible in a verse in Isaiah chapter 59. In Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2 it says, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you. Your iniquities, another word for iniquities is just sin. Your sin, my sin, our sins have made a separation between us and God. Now see, I don't want to assume where you're at today. I don't want to assume you know what sin is. So what is sin? Well, you can, you can think about sin a couple different ways. You can think about sin a couple different ways. Sin is doing what God says not to do. We've all done that. We, no, nobody in here has, is perfect. I don't think anybody wants to lay claim to that label this morning. Nobody in here is perfect. We've all blown it. We've all messed up. We've all, the Bible says, sinned. And, and the Bible says that we're born that way. The Bible says that we come out of the womb as sinners. We come out of the womb broken. And if you don't believe me, you should have kids. Right? All the parents, uh, all the parents are like, he's preaching truth today. That's right. My kids are messed up. Right? Because listen, if you're a parent, it takes five minutes for you to figure out these people are jacked up. Right? They just came out the womb jacked up. Because listen, listen, I never had to sit down with my kids. You might have. I never had to sit down with my kids and have this conversation. I never had to look my kids in the eye and say this. Now listen, when somebody does something that you don't want them to do, or, some, or you want somebody to do something and they don't do it, the proper way to respond is to bite them. That's what you should, just bite people who don't do what you want. Has anybody ever had that conversation with your kids? Because if so, we'll back away very slowly so that you don't hurt us, right? Right? You, for, but for some reason, they just picked up on it. I should bite you right now. Somebody, somebody, you dropped your kids off in Summit Kids this morning, your kid just bit a volunteer. It just happened. We just took a volunteer to the hospital right now because your kid tried to eat the leg of a volunteer. God bless you. We're pumped that, you ha that you're here today. Right? We, we just come out of the womb broken, Right? The Bible says we're, we're born that way, that sin has separated us from God. So sin is doing what God says not to do, but there's another way you can think about it. Sin is also living for things other than God. 
It's, it's trying to build your life on things other than God. And we find all kinds of different things to try to give us hope, right? Find all kinds of different things to try to build our lives on. Maybe you're here today and you're trying to build your life on performance. Performance. Your performance. You've worked really hard. You've climbed the corporate ladder. You've made it. You've arrived because you were told by somebody that was well-meaning, but they told you that if you could get to this position, this place in life, then you'll have everything you'll, you'll ever want, and your life will be complete, and you've made it. You're the most athletic kid in your school. You're the smartest kid in your school. You're the most popular kid in your school. You make the most money. Off of the, out, of, out of everybody else in your neighborhood. You have made it. You're on your way to making it. And everybody just looks at you and thinks that you've got it all together. I mean, everybody looks at you and just thinks you're dipped in awesome sauce or something. You've just got it made, the life that you're living. But if you're honest, there are times when you lay your head down on your pillow and you say to yourself, there's got to be more. Because you've got that house and you've got that paycheck and you live in that neighborhood and you're able to take those vacations and they satisfy for a while, but at the end, eventually, a couple seasons later, you're left empty. There's got to be more. Maybe you're trying to build your life on performance or maybe you're not trying to build your life on performance. Maybe you're trying to build your life on stuff. Stuff. Because, see, somebody, somewhere along the way, we started to believe that the more stuff that we get, the happier that we are. The more stuff that we get, the more complete and perfect our lives will be. And so we just try to accumulate all kinds of stuff. We get the biggest TV, we get the biggest boat, we get the biggest car, we get nicer jeans because we think if we have that kind of jeans and those jeans make my butt look like this, I'll be awesome, right? And, and you get those jeans and your butt doesn't look like the way it should, but everybody else knows it, we're just saying it. Um, and you get it, but after, after a while, you want what? You want more. Watch, watch this. Anybody pumped about the new iPhone? iPhone 5. Anybody? Anybody ju super juiced about that iPhone? What? Yes. Some of you camped out to get an iPhone because you have nothing to do, I guess. I don't, don't know. I don't know. A year from now, will you be as pumped about the iPhone 5 as you are right now? No, because it'll be the iPhone 6, and you'll be lame if you have an iPhone 5. Loser. Right? Right? See, see, we think that stuff makes us happy, but stuff doesn't make us happy. Stuff makes us hungry. See, nobody, no, nobody is going to go eat lunch after this, after, after this worship experience. Nobody's going to go eat lunch, push away from the table and say, I never have to eat again. I'm done eating for the rest of my life. I am full. Right? I mean, you can, get, you can go eat lunch and you can get full, but in a couple hours, what are you going to be again? You're going to be hungry. See, stuff doesn't make you happy. Stuff just leaves you hungry. Satisfies for a while, but after, eventually you just want more. You can't build your life on stuff. Because you can have it all, and listen, you might even be happy with everything that you have right now, but eventually you know what's coming? Death. And in that moment, you lose it all. I mean, I mean there's a reason that you've never seen a hearse with a U-Haul strapped to the back of it. Did you know this? Did you get that memo? You can't, you can't take it. 
can't build your life on stuff. Here's a big one, and, and this might get a little touchy. A lot of people try to build their life on religion. A lot of people try to, try to build their life and their hope on religion. Say, well, well, I'm okay. I'm okay because I'm a good person. I'm okay because I go to church. I'm okay because I like to help people. I'm okay because I got baptized one time. I'm okay because I walked the aisle one time at this church I used to go to when I was five, and the preacher told me that if I prayed this prayer, I'll never go to hell. So I prayed that prayer because I hear hell is bad. And I'm okay. Listen, religion, you got to get this, religion has never saved anybody. Religion, that's a good one right there. Here's why, here's why. Religion has never saved anybody because here's why, here's what religion is. Religion is us working our way to God. It's, it's me doing certain things so that I can get to God and so that he'll, he'll, he'll love me. But listen, Jesus talked a lot about religion. In fact, one of the scariest places in the Bible is when Jesus talks about religion. Watch, look at what he says. It'll be up on the screen in Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says this. Not everyone who says to me, this is Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. What's he mean? Not everybody who claims to be a Christian is one. Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Watch this. On that day, what's that day? The day that every one of us will stand before God. Did you know that day's coming? Listen, there's going to be a day when you will stand before God. And, li- and li- this is real heavy. This is real heavy. But, some, but the truth is heavy, and you just, it's the truth, so we need it. In that moment, in that day, when you stand before God, your mom and dad can't help you. Your, your preacher can't help you. In that moment when you stand before God, it's you before God. And Jesus says, on that day, many, a lot of people will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works? In your name, what are they doing? Jesus, look at all the stuff that we did. Jesus, we were always at church. Jesus, I taught Sunday school. Jesus, I was a deacon. Jesus, I gave. Jesus, I, I sang that one time. Jesus, I got baptized. On that day, a lot of people are going to sh- try to show Jesus what they've done in his name. But look at what Jesus is going to say back. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That's heavy. And see, what's, what's happening there is when Jesus says, I never knew you, he doesn't mean that he didn't know they existed, all right? Jesus has created everybody. I mean, it doesn't mean that a couple people got past him and he looks at him and he says, who, where'd they come from? Who did that? Well, who made them, right? That's not what he means. What he means is they looked like they had a relationship with Jesus, but they didn't have a relationship with Jesus. All they, all they were basing their hope on were things that they did in Jesus' name. And listen, if your hope is in anything other than Jesus, if it's, in, if, it, if it's even in things that you've done in Jesus' name, listen to me, you don't have any hope. Jesus is your hope. Jesus is your hope. So here were these people, and a lot of people are apparently going to stand before Jesus, and they're going to say, look at all the stuff that we did. And Jesus is going to say, religion doesn't save anybody. See, all of those, everything that we try to build our life on other than Jesus, if we try to build our life on anything other than Jesus, it always leads to the same place. An eternity separated 
from Him. An eternity separated from Jesus in a place, and I know, man, this is heavy stuff we're doing this morning, a place called hell. Right? It's real. And so if we try to build our lives on anything other than Jesus, we're going to miss everything. See, but we're told if we have all these other things, if we have the performance and the stuff, and if we have this religion, if we have all of these things, then those things will save us. And some of you are here and you're trying to get those things, or some of you are here and you've got those things, but you're still tired. It's like you're running on a treadmill. It's like you're running on a treadmill. Where are my runners at? Any runners here? Any runners in the house today? There's a couple of runners. I'm a runner. Uh, but I'm convinced that uh, treadmills were created by people who hate runners. Uh, they just were trying to play a cruel joke. Because, listen, you can run for hours on a treadmill, and when you get off, you're in the same place. Did you know that? I ran five miles. You were in the same, you didn't know, you, you, you were in the same place you were when you started. Some of you, you're running and you're running and you're running. You're not going anywhere. You're trying to get, you're trying to get, you're trying to get, and you're not going anywhere, and you're real tired. And so Jesus has a real simple message for every person in the room today that's tired. Every person in the room today that deep down you're searching and you're not finding what you think you should be finding. And really his message just breaks down into two parts. The first part of Jesus' message, we already read it. He just simply says, come to me. Come to me, he says. Jesus says, come to me. Notice that Jesus doesn't say, clean off first and then you come to me. Notice that Jesus doesn't say, keep a bunch of rules first and then you come to me. Notice that Jesus doesn't say, stop smoking that first and then you come to me. He doesn't say, stop using that language first and then you come to me. He doesn't, st- he doesn't say, hey, clean up your act first and then you can come to me. See, that's what a lot of people, maybe you're here and you think that, that's what a lot of people think, that first, I need to clean up my act, I need to get myself together, and then I'll give my life to Jesus. Mark, I would love to have what you're talking about, let me, let me stop doing some things, and then I'll come to Jesus. But that's not what he says, he just simply says, come to me. Now listen, when you begin a relationship with Jesus, is your life going to change? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is he going to tell you certain things to do and not to do? Absolutely. But listen, when you begin a relationship with Jesus, if you give your life to Jesus Christ today, the first thing he doesn't do, it doesn't start with, here's a bunch of rules. It simply starts with come. You come. You come. You come with your addiction. You come with your language. You come with your doubts. You come with your fear. You come with the baggage of your past. You come with the baggage of your present. You come still with the smell of what you did last night on you. You just come. And the reason you can just come to Jesus that way with everything that you are, the mess that we all are, is because He took the mess on Himself. Jesus took the mess on himself. See, I, I've had this happen to me a lot of times. I've, tell, I've, I've, heard, I've had people say to me, Hey, Mark, I'm going to clean my act up first. I'm going to stop doing this, and then I'll give my life to Jesus. And you know what they did? They stopped doing it. And they never gave their life to Jesus. Because they said, Why? Look what I can do on my own. Listen, listen. Wherever you're at, whatever the mess is in your life, Jesus loves you so much that he left heaven 
and He came to earth, and He lived a perfect life in your place. And He died on the cross, and when He went to the cross, He took all of your mess, all of my mess, on the cross with Him, so that we could be forgiven for the mess, so that we could be forgiven for our sins. And three days later, Jesus came back from the grave just to show that your mess isn't greater than His love for you. Your addiction isn't greater than His love for you. Your baggage isn't greater than the price He paid to set you free from your past and give you a present and a purpose and a future that's greater than you've ever dreamed. It's not greater than Him. He just simply says, come. So Mark, how do I come? In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, Romans 10, 9 just simply says this, that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. If we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord. See, Lord, don't, don't be threatened by that word. Don't let that word turn you off and freak you out. And don't get this image in your mind from that word that Jesus is going to be some dictator and he watches your life waiting for you to blow it so he can zap you. You know what I mean? I hear people talk that way all the time. Man, what did I do wrong? Look how bad my life is. Like Jesus is up there in heaven just waiting to zap you. Ha <laughs> ha! You know? That's not what he does. Lord means that He loves you so much He's willing to step into the scene of your life and refuses to ever leave you and make you into the person that He wants you to be. That's what it means. And Lord, Lord doesn't mean that we give Jesus a part of our lives. Lord means that we give Jesus all of our lives. Jesus, it is all yours. It, it, is, it is all yours. I am done searching. You are what I am searching for. I want to give my life to you. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord, giving Him our lives, I'm not talking about simply getting out of hell. Listen, nobody wants to go to hell. I'm pretty sure that hell is not on anybody's top five vacation destination list. Okay? Nobody wants to go to hell. But, but that's not what Jesus is, died for us for. That's not what He means. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Jesus, I love you and you died for me and I am done living for small things. You are what I'm searching for. And we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Some of you, that's exactly what you need to do today. You need to go to Jesus and give him your life for the very first time. And in just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do it. In just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come to Jesus just as you are, just like He says, with everything that you are, so that you can have everything that He is. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that in just a moment. But before I do, I want you to know that when you come to Him, it leads to part two of His message for the tired. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, come to me, and then number two, he'll give you rest. See, rest doesn't mean that when you go to Jesus, you get a lazy boy. That's not what that means. You get a lazy boy, just take a nap. That's not what it means. Rest means that you find what you've been looking for the whole time. 
You, you find what you've been looking for. You thought you could find it in money. You thought you could find it in that house. You thought you could find it in that relationship or that way to live. You thought you could find it in sex. You thought you could find it in fill in the blank. And then you get those things and they're still leaving you empty. But rest means that when you come to Jesus, you find what you're looking for. You find who you were made for. And when you go to Him, you're done searching because you found what you're looking for. You get off the treadmill because you found Him. You get off the treadmill because you're not looking anymore because you found what you've been looking for the entire time. See, so many people have this view of God that God just wants to move into your life and make everything really bad. God wants to move into your life and take all the fun stuff away. You know, have you heard that? I used to think that. I, I know people that think that way. God wants to come into your life and take all the fun things away. Listen, God doesn't want to come into your life and take all the fun things away. God doesn't want to come into your life and just give you a bunch of rules so that you can begrudgingly obey those rules. God, more than anything else, is interested in your joy. That's what He wants. And He knows that the only way you'll ever have true, lasting joy is to have Him. And so He says, come to Me and I will give you Rest. When you come to me, you'll find everything that you were looking for. And so today, if you know that you need that rest, if you know that what you need more than anything else, I don't know what you thought your biggest need was when you walked into the room today. Maybe you thought your biggest need was your, you need your marriage fixed. Maybe you thought your biggest need was that promotion. It was a raise. Maybe you thought your biggest needs were different kids because you're about to sell the ones you got right now. Maybe you thought your biggest need was fill in the blank. Listen, you can fix all of those things, but if you miss Jesus, you've missed it all. If you miss Jesus, you've missed it all. What you need more than anything else, and some of you, you know this. Maybe you know this for the very first time. You're just knowing this today for the very first time. Is you need Jesus Christ to come into the scene of your life. You need to give Him your life so that He can give you the rest that only He can give. He can give you Himself today. If you want forgiveness, you can have it because Jesus bought it for you. If you want peace, you can have it because Jesus bought it for you. If you want joy, purpose, if you want rest, it is yours available right now because Jesus has bought it for you and His invitation to you is just come. Don't quit running and quit trying to obey a bunch of rules and trying to make your life better and you're killing yourself on this treadmill. You just come. Just come to Him. If you, if you come to Jesus today, if you come to Jesus today, when you blow it. Notice I didn't say if you blow it. When you blow it, because you're going to blow it, right? All the Christians in the room, say amen. You be a Christian five minutes and know you're going to blow it, right? Right? No, there's not a perfect Christian, Christian in the room that's got, that's got it all together. But listen, when you blow it as a believer, if you give your life to Christ, when you blow it as a Christian, Jesus refuses to look at you and say, loser, golly, won't you suck it up and get your act together? That's not what Jesus does. Every time you fall, Jesus looks at you and says, let's keep going. Let's get up. Let's dust off. I died for that. I knew you were going to make that decision. I wouldn't have made that decision, but I love you anyway. And I refuse to leave your life. Let me change you. Let me work on you. Let's keep going. Let's keep running. I refuse 
to abandon you. When you blow it, He refuses to walk out on your life. If you come to Jesus today, if you come to Jesus today when life gets hard, when life gets hard, if you come to Jesus today, listen, all of your problems won't go away, but I promise you, you will never go through a problem alone. Jesus refuses to walk out on your life. Every person in the room, listen to this. The only thing that Jesus Christ has ever abandoned was an empty tomb. And he did it so that he would never walk out on your life. That's how much he loved you. And regardless of how hard your life ever gets, if you come to Jesus today, he refuses to walk out on you. And so what's left for you to do today is to come to him. It's to come to Jesus. It's to come to Jesus. See, I've been at this for long enough to know that somebody in the room right now, this is what you're thinking. I need to do that. I need to go to Jesus. I, I I need to give my life to Jesus Christ. But I'll do it later. I'll do that later, man. I'll do that later. And here's what I want to say to you. Who told you there was a later? Where'd you get there was a later? You think just because you've got your day planned that that makes you, the, that makes you God and that makes your day planner authoritative? Don't you know that death never sets up an appointment? It intrudes on every person. I've known people that have said, I'll do that later, and there was no later. I'm not trying to freak you out into making a decision. I'm just trying to be honest and real with you. If you know you need to come to Jesus, today you need to come to Jesus. If you know you need to come to Jesus, not later, not next week, you do it today. Because listen, if you walk out of here and you say, I, should, I need to do that, but I'll do it later, here's what will happen. You can talk yourself out of it. You can talk yourself out of it. And if you can't talk yourself out of it, you might not believe in this, this might freak you out, but there is a spiritual enemy, and he is the devil. The Bible says his name is Satan. And he can talk you out of it. He can talk you out of it. That's why if you know that you need to give your life to Jesus today, don't say, I'm going to do it later. Do it today. Stop searching today. Get off the treadmill today. There is no later. Right now is your opportunity for everything to change. Right now is your opportunity for Jesus to move into your life and to make all things new. Don't lie to yourself and say, I'll do that later. Don't lie to yourself and say, I'll do that later. Right now is your opportunity. Because Jesus' word to every tired person in the room, every person in the room, is come. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, right now, I just thank you so much that you gave us the invitation just to come. Just to come with, with all that we are. And you promise that when we come with all that we are, you'll come to us with all that you are. And you are greater than anything that we could bring. And Jesus, I know and I believe that there are people in this room right now in this moment who want to come to you, who know that they need to come to you. And I pray that right now that you would give us great clarity in the room. I pray that right now you would give a lot of people courage and boldness to make the decision that they need to make. I pray that right now you would not let anybody lie to themselves and say, I'll do that later. 
I pray that you wouldn't let anybody lie to themselves and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to try to clean myself off first. Jesus, that's not what you said. You just said, come. Come with the mess. Come with the baggage. And you will give us rest. I believe that there are a lot of people, Jesus, who are in this room right now that need to come. And Jesus, I pray that they would come. Because when they come, they will meet you. And you will give them rest. With every head bowed, and with every eye closed, I really believe I'm talking to you today. I really believe that I'm talking to you. Doesn't matter if you're in the front or the back. I, I really believe I'm talking to you today. And I really believe that there are a lot of people, young people, teenagers, adults. I really believe there are a lot of people in the room today that what you need to do more than anything else is come to Jesus. I believe there are people in the room today and up to this moment your hope has been your performance and you've seen that it's wanting. Because you're still empty even though you're performing at maximum level. It's, you're still empty. I believe that there are people in the room and up to this moment, you were looking to stuff more things, but you're still hungry. And you're hungry because the one thing you're looking for is Jesus Christ. And today He says, come. And I believe that there are a lot of people in the room today, and up to this point, your hope has maybe been in things that you've done. Religion. You're a good person. Jesus died because even our goodness needs to be forgiven. If you're here today and you know that you need to come to Jesus, right now I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. I'm going to pray a prayer. And I just invite you right there where you sit to pray this prayer with me. Not out loud. This is just between you and God. This is between you and God. Right now, can you just stop thinking to yourself, I need to do this, but what is everybody around me going to think? Who cares? Because listen... You will not stand before any of these people, but you will stand before Jesus. So ultimately, His opinion is most important. Do what He is telling you to do today, not what others around you might think. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I invite you to pray this prayer with me right there where you're at. And it's a prayer. It's not magic words, but I just find that it helps a lot of people in this moment when they know they need to come to Jesus for rest. You just pray this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me. I give my life to you. Forgive me for my sins. I want to live for you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for coming back from the dead for me. I love you. Did you just pray that prayer? Because I believe that there are people in the room that just prayed that prayer. Or maybe you didn't pray that prayer, but you know that you need to begin a relationship with Jesus. Or you have questions about beginning a relationship with Jesus. You're tired and you want that awakening that only God can give to happen in your life. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do today. I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I say three, if you just prayed that prayer, or you want to give your life to Jesus Christ today, raise your hand. As soon as I say three, I'm going to count to three, and as soon as I say three, you shoot your hand up. Nobody is looking around right now. Nobody is. Doesn't matter if they are, but promise nobody is. 
But as soon as I say three, if you prayed that prayer or you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, you raise your hand. One, two, now is your time. Three, raise your hand right now. Anybody in the room? Two, there's a hand right over there. Anybody else? Any other hands in the room right now? Four, five, anybody else? Hands are going up right now all over the room. You raise your hand right now if that's you. You need to begin a relationship with Jesus. You want to give your life to Christ. Anybody else? Raise your hand. Keep that hand lifted high. There's another hand. Another hand has just went up. Any other hands? Here's hands right here in the middle. Right here in the middle are some hands going up. Anybody else? Praise God for that. Hands are up all over the auditorium. Here's what I want to ask you to do right now. You can go ahead and put your hands down. Here's what I'm going to ask every person who just raised their hand to do. And if you didn't raise your hand, but you know you need to, I'm going to ask you to do this. Every time Jesus called us to follow him, to come to him, he called us to do it publicly. Because Jesus died for us publicly. He calls us to do it publicly. And so right now, if you just raised your hand, I want you to stand up and make your way to the back of the auditorium. There are counselors, there are people that are there that want to talk to you about the decision you just made or maybe you've got questions. You go ahead and you just make your way back. Go ahead right now. You stand up right now. If you just raised your hand, stand up right now. Don't be afraid. Some of you are, oh man, what are people going to think about me? I need to ask people to, get, to, to let me through the aisle. Who cares? You go. People are moving right now. You go. You get up and go. If you raised your hands, you get up and go right now. You make the move. Don't wait and get to your car or on your way home and wish that you would have done it. You go ahead and make the move. There are people that are moving right now. You go. Don't let fear or anything talk you out of it. If you just raised your hand to give your life to Jesus, we want to talk to you. It's not going to be weird or anything like that. We just want to help you take the next step. You go right now. People are moving. People just got up to go. You go right now. You go right now. If you just raised your hand or you know you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, you go. You go right now. You make that move. Nobody is watching. doesn't matter anyway. You make that move right now. You make that move and you go. Anybody else? Anybody else? Make that move. Don't regret leaving and going home and wishing you would have done it. People are back there right now. Lives are being changed. Anybody else? Father, I thank you for what you are doing right now in this room. God, I thank you that your presence is powerfully in the room right now. And Father, I thank you for every hand that went up, every person that got up to come to the back. God, I thank you for what you have done today. Father, I give you glory for what you've done today. And Jesus, I pray for everybody that raised their hand or maybe didn't raise their hand. God, they, they've just started a relationship with you. God, I pray that, God, you would move in their hearts and compel them to take that next step as they've begun a relationship with you to follow you, Jesus. Father, we love you in your name. Amen. Church, let's thank God. Let's celebrate with these people. A lot of hands went up. People went to the back. Lives have been changed. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do right now. Um, right now, right now, nobody is moving. This is a big moment in our service right now because I believe that God is leading a lot of you to make a decision today. And, and we want to know about that decision. Some of you raised your hands and you didn't, you, maybe you didn't go to the back for some reason or another. Here's what I want you to do. I want everybody in the room right now, everybody in the room, 
to take your connection card and flip that card over. Because on the back of that card, we give you a lot of space to let us know about any decision that you've made today. Any way that God has moved in your life. And we want to know about it. Especially if you raised your hand. If you raised your hand, would you just check the back of the bo- uh, that card, with the box that says, I gave my life to Christ? Check that box because listen, you didn't, you didn't finish the race. You just started. You just jumped out of the starting blocks and now you're running. And we want to help you run. We want to help you take the next step. We want to uh, we want to encourage you. And so listen, if you raised your hand, or maybe you didn't, but you want to talk to somebody about it, flip your card over and check that you gave your life to Christ. Maybe you know you need to be baptized. Maybe you gave your life to Christ last week or, or today or, or years ago and you've never been baptized. Let's check that box. Let's, let's, let's make the decision today and let somebody know about it. And all you've got to do is check it or write it on the back of the card. If you want to volunteer and be a part of what we do here every week at Summit, You just check the box that says you want to volunteer in that certain area. We'll get back in touch with you. Listen, we believe that God has has moved in a lot of lives today. Church, has this been a good good two weeks? This has been awesome. A lot of hands went up. Movement to the back. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is a big deal. When God shows up, it's a big deal. Is that right? When God shows up, it's a big deal. And so listen, listen, we're not done though, are we? Are we done? We're not done. Uh, there is one more week of awakening. We got something big coming after awakening, but the final week of awakening is next week. So here's what I want you to do. Do whatever it takes to bring somebody with you next week. Do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes. Don't do anything illegal. Don't do anything illegal. But do whatever it takes to get people here with you to the forum next week because God is going to blow our minds as we close out awakening. Let's pray like we've never prayed before. Let's invite like we've never invited before. And let's come next Sunday expecting God to show up and show off in a way that we've only read about, but now we're seeing it and we're a part of it. Can we do that? Say amen. Say something. All right, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Now, here's what I want you to do. We're about to dismiss. We've got some guest service volunteers that are at different places in the auditorium. And, and they've got baskets in their hand. Would you drop your connection card in those baskets as you leave today? Make sure you let us know about any decision that you made. We want to know about it. If you're a first-time guest, we've got a free gift for you in the lobby. The, the table to your right, T-shirts, all kinds of stuff on it. Make sure to visit that before you leave. Also, if you got baptized next week, uh, we have pictures of your baptism available for you right out there. It's on the Summit Kids table. That's the first table on your left when you enter the lobby today, all right? Hey, love you guys, love you guys, and listen, if you raised your hand, or right now you're thinking, man, I wish I would have went to the back and talked to somebody. There's still people back there, and they're going to be back there for a long time. You just stop right there, and they've got red shirts on, red summit shirts on, and they're back there to talk to you, help you any way they can. Just stop to them when the, big, when the crowd's leaving and just pull them aside, or, or you, any question you have, make sure you talk to them. Don't leave today, though, until you do what God's telling you to do right now, okay? Hey, love you guys. Let's stand up. Our band's going to dismiss us today. Let's stand and let's sing. Let's celebrate what God did today. Love you guys. See you next Sunday. Let's have a good time before we leave today.
Oh, I'll fly away. Oh, I'll 